right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, and the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Welcome to Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. Good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, May 17th, 2020. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with, well, he's up there now. I'm moving, moving up, moving up, up in the world. <laughs> I had a little technical difficulty there on my, my other computer. I was making sure the Facebook feed was going on, and I clicked the X, and it took me right out of the studio. So I'm king, I'm king of the hill tonight, baby. So And of course... <laughs> Not only do we have the illustrious Chris Bennett, but right above me there is Mr. Eric Altman. Hello, Eric. Hi, guys. So, uh, up, let's, Chris? let's... How you doing? Good. Well, good welcome, buddy. Thanks, Let's man. do our usual hello to folks. And, of course, we got Cryptidville. Hello, Cryptidville. And I'm blocking myself out tonight, which is fine for me. Hello, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Conley. Good to see you. Um, hello, Frank. Frank. Mr. Gartner, thank you for joining us. Tom, yeah. Mr. Winter, hello. Big day. Tactical Bigfoot, hey, Tack. Tack. 
Ah, Jimmy Tricks in the house. Jimmy Tricks Jimmy. in the house. <laughs> Chris, hey, you Jimmy. get upgraded. <laughs> and then Chris says, greetings, mortals. Ah, greetings. <laughs> uh, uh, Ammon also says he misses Beyond the Edge. Uh, yeah. Well, also, you know, I, I was, oh, Charlie, yeah, there's Charlie in there, too. Well, oh, hello there. <laughs> you know, th that's amazing. <laughs> Diane. And Mike. Diane Mike's and Mike. Here, Diane's, Mike and Diane. Isn't that a, 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 um, a John Cougar Melvin camp song? I think that was Jack and Diane, I think. But, but oh, Mike yeah, and Diane. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Mike. Mike and Diane would work, too. You know. That's true. Suzanne, hello, welcome, and Jay, good to see you. Those are all our check-ins for this hey, evening. We found Jay again. Welcome, Jay. Yes, fun. the movie's called Finding Jay. We found him. Uh, I, I was so excited, Steve, because this week I got bored, and I got some of that <laughs> just for men. Yeah, yeah, just for men stuff, and I put some brown on top of the gray, but you know what? It didn't work. It's just like a gray with you know patches of brown here and there now. But uh, I thought, well, what the heck? I'll give it a try. You know, nothing else to do but eat anyway. So I thought, well, I'll just dye my beard, and uh, it didn't work too well. But I trimmed it up though. It's not hanging down to my belly button now, so I'm not going to go ZZ top <laughs> on you or anything. Well, you know what? You should have ate some barbecue. That would have given it a nice brownish, <laughs> reddish look. That's right. And you, you can tell from looking at me, I don't miss many meals either. I am getting fat. All this sitting around is putting more weight on me than usual. Good evening, Edward. Edward. Ed. Yeah, that's that's very... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and what, a, what a nutty... Oh, Jesus. Eric, you know this character. He just chat came into the room. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's trouble. Rick. Hello, Ricky. So, um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy week, and um, if folks don't know why it's been a crazy week, <laughs> apparently you haven't been on Facebook or even YouTube for that matter. Uh, with the uh, transferring stuff over, like, like this stuff is new. It's not uh, transferring. Yeah. Well, except maybe the the, uh, the the Bigfoot skedaddling up the well, the man in the costume skedaddling up the hill. Oh yeah, that that zoomed in. That's that's new. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I, I zoomed I zoomed it in a bit, slowed it down. Uh, somebody else did the stabilization. Actually, I just took care of the the zooming and the stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's the copy available. Me, I'll use it. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been quite the uh, interesting uh, thing. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comment, and and I know there's a lot of people. Man, do they get personal when they they get. You know, it's like, mm. whoa. <laughs> um, you know, but one of one of the most interesting conversations I had was, and, and Eric, you're going to chuck out of this too. Somebody actually, you know, if we, we, we would go back and forth and they would, you know, say, well, an ELA test is just opinion. No, it, it's not. It's an, it's an analytical test. You know, photo experts will tell you. People in the photography business will tell you. And um, so I would usually end it with, well, I put the Muppet up there, you know, the, the furry mm. they, uh, you know, felt right. <laughs> and I'm going to, and I would ask people, do you think this is a Bigfoot? You, you know, because obviously you're saying this guy's legit. You think this is a Bigfoot then? They wouldn't answer it. They never would answer that question. And, and the, and the funny thing is, is one guy dancing around. Well, you know, 
if somebody put a picture, you know, if somebody took a picture of a Bigfoot and it looked like a carrot, who were you to say it's not a Bigfoot? <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh. What kind of reasoning is that? <laughs> well. <laughs> I said, you know what? Thank you for that. I'm going to use that one. Uh. And, um, yeah, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to take a picture of a mailbox, a hedge and a tree stump. I'm going to put them up and say they're all Bigfoot. Well, who's anybody else to say they're not? It, that's the, the logic. And hello, Mark, over there from Twitter. Hey, Mark. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it, and the fact is, is that, you know, they're, they're constantly throwing the hater term out. Um, but yet they're the ones <coughs> who espouse the hate. You know, they're the ones that say, oh. well, you, you're just trying to bring a man down. No, I'm doing research. That's what we, we do. And <clears throat> but here's the funny thing. Uh, in this whole exchange, people, uh, one particular person has said, you're nothing but an armchair Sasquatch researcher. <laughs> Me? Mm. So mm. Uh, so I was like, well, buddy, when, when you get to, you know, 47 states, Instead of 46, you can call me an armchair Sasquatcher. <laughs> um, but, well, I, you know, I don't, want, I don't know why people's hating on you because uh, you're putting this stuff out. It's not like you're making it up. I mean, you're finding stuff that he deleted because he didn't want other people to see it and letting people look at that. And what, what's wrong with that? I mean, if we're going to talk about the truth, let's, let's look for the truth. Well, yeah, that's the funny, uh, funny thing. Because some of these folks... Uh, apparently want to um, change history. They're like, well, I, I, I can't see how that, that came out as a photo first and not a video. Well, the funny thing was, is that's how I knew when the video came out of it blinking. Mm. Like, I've seen that picture before in photo form, and I go back and I find it, mm -hmm. and it happened to be the, the, the raw file. Put it through the process, and bloop. So it wasn't like anything was made up. It was actually inspired right. by him putting out the video after the photo. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know what? You, you can call me a liar, but you know what? Truth is on my side, so I don't really care. It's the way it was. Everybody here remembers it. And the yep. thing is, is all these folks have been only around for a year or two. Not that that's a bad thing, but if you're gonna if you're gonna take on somebody and, and call them names and stuff like that and and try to put me down for, for doing my job, for, for doing research, then at least know who you're putting down because these people had no clue. Not a clue. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I, well, I also had one guy accuse me of, you're probably the kind of researcher that likes taking pictures of blob squatches and red circles. Now I know you really don't know me. <laughs> you know, that was the whole Stop the Lunacy movement. So, yeah. So, uh, yep. Uh, don't let it get no. you down, Steve. Not, Just keep I, on not, doing what it, you're doing, it, bud. It's funny. It's funny to see that. And, you know, the the, the funny thing is, is we're also dealing with, with you know, the, the week before that, we were dealing with the MK haters. Uh -huh. And at least they had they had at least a little bit of bearing on stuff. You yeah. know, and that, you know, a lot more bearing than, than some of the Stanlings did, which was amazing. But I digress. It's 912. Let's get to our guest. Yeah. <laughs> so, hello, Eric. What's new in Pennsylvania? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, great. It's been a great show, folks. Have a great night. Yeah, no, I'm just night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the uh, uh, so how's COVID uh, affecting you guys down there? Mm, it's like everyone else. They just uh, they turned our red county to yellow, so some of the retail stores are starting to open up, and people are chomping at the bit to get back out there. And although, to be honest with you, I haven't seen many people quarantining. They're throwing parties in my literally. They're throwing parties out in front of my house in the neighborhood, in the driveways, and gathering. And, and it's just yeah. people not paying attention to it. So it's nothing different. Yeah, it, it's weird. Um, New York, um, totally. I um, that's interesting because every state's doing it a little different. We have phases, and we're opening the state up by regions, and we're in region phase one, which. You might as well keep it closed because you're not, I mean, phase one in New York means, and right now, all I know is that there's parts of the Finger Lakes region that have been opened up and that's it. Um, And phase one is basically uh, stores can have curbside pickup. (laughs) So what's the sense? Um, you know, it looks like J.C. Penney is going to be a big casualty of this whole thing. They just filed bankruptcy on Friday. So they're closing a oh, quarter, man. you know, 200 stores. So, yeah, it's, mm. it's bad. Um, so how is it, uh, is it affecting, um, would it affect research? I mean, have they been closing out recreation areas or anything like that? Well, they, from what I understand here, they've closed um, some of the local parks, state parks and stuff like that. Um as far as game lands go, I haven't heard where you can't go into the game lands to hike. And most of the areas where I do research or you know, where I got with the, some of the local researchers, you know, Ricky and, and Dave Dragazin and, and that we, we don't go to parks. I mean, we go out to yeah. the mountains and we hike the trails and, you know, game lands and stuff like that. So it really doesn't affect people in, from my state getting out there and doing research. To be perfectly honest, I haven't been out there doing research for a couple of months simply because, you know, I don't want to, I have an autoimmune disease and I don't want to get the COVID from it. So I've just kind of been quarantining at home, but I found plenty to do here. Um, yeah. As you probably know, a yeah, big we'll project that I'm working on. And, and um, we still have gotten some reports. Um, one I shared last week, um, a gentleman um, in the dairy Chestnut Ridge area. Um, was woken up about, I think it said one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, hearing some really loud, um, I guess the best way to describe them is siren-like calls coming from the forest. And hmm. uh, he got his iPhone out, went outside and recorded some of it. And uh, that's about it. He couldn't tell where they were coming from except from the the, 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 the Dairy Ridge area, the, the forested area. And uh, I haven't heard back from him since. He contacted a couple of the researchers in the area to have them look into it, but I haven't heard anything from anyone else up in the Dairy Ridge area. I know several researchers that were planning on going up there this weekend, and I haven't heard back from them if they had any experiences or any any luck, but that's the most recent thing I've received here in Pennsylvania. It's just that uh, audio recording that was sent to me and I shared with a bunch of people. I think I shared it with you too, Steve. I think I sent it out to have you guys listen to it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this <clears throat> this last well, week has been like. <laughs> I would like to hear it. <laughs> well, I got it, Chris. Oh man, it's not on this computer. <laughs> oh, crap. Um. 
And, and besides, I, I would only play it if Eric said, hey, play it. <laughs> yeah, I can send it to you if you want me to send it to you. Nah, it's not, it, at this point, it's a little late in the game. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's to me, my honest opinion, it sounded more mechanical than it did animalistic. It, it sounded almost like it was being either broadcast or it was like a, Almost like a, a something you'd hear at a construction site announcing the end of the shift, like a almost a fire engine type sound, but it had a gotcha. mechanical sound to it. Gotcha. And that's yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. And matter of fact, a couple of people that listened to it questioned, "Hey, are you sure it's not coming from this stone quarry?" You know, they've heard uh-huh. similar sounds before. So I don't know. Um, the guy that sent it to me, um, I, I think, is a pretty credible individual. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's good friends with my sister and brother-in-law yeah. they've known him for a long time and and i've known him for a long time and, and he wouldn't make something like that up but um yeah, yeah he, he shared it with me i can't say if it was legit or not it, it kind of reminds me of some of the recent sounds that were released um on facebook that have that almost real loud um mournful long cry um people are saying oh it sounds maybe it's like an elk or a moose or something and it, it could be but we don't have elk in this part of pennsylvania so <laughs> oh, and I uh, just want to say, do a quick shout out to my buddy James Lansing just popped in. James, and, um, if, if you all saw the video that I had put out last week uh, with the Vermont Expeditions, uh, that was James who shot those FLIR pictures. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh, he was a guy holding it where we were like going, "What the heck?" Um, <laughs> um, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I, I noticed too that you know sounds, uh, especially with sounds, Eric. You know, they, the the uh, when you hear them live, they sound different almost sometimes, uh, depending on mm-hmm. echoes and where they're bouncing off of. So who knows? You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and you get yeah. I, I I've been in that situation where I've heard sounds personally, and they're so loud, and you can feel them vibrate in your chest. But then when you go back to listen to the actual recording, it sounds nothing like what you heard. Yep. Yeah. So they can be very deceiving. Yeah, well, uh, here's some interesting. I don't know if you've caught the Vermont Expeditions audio at some point, Eric. Uh, towards the end, I have like a two-minute audio of something going back and forth on that, which was quite interesting. Never heard that quite happen before. It was something screeching. May have been a bird. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but, uh, you know, the birds of that area don't really make that kind of noise, especially that time of night. Um, could be wrong. Um, because I was I was thinking maybe it was a fisher cat or something, but they don't make noises like that. And then the other sound was was a howl, a moan, like a howling moan. And every time we do this other thing on the other side of the river, would put out this high screech, and it went back and forth for about two two and a half minutes. Hmm. So it's really really it was an interesting thing. It was like, is it Bigfoot? <clears throat> Who knows? I didn't see what was making it. Um. Uh. So, uh, questions from Tack. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, did you guys see the deer in the tree from PA? Well, that that depends on what deer you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, did you, have you seen deer in trees in PA? Uh, yes. Yeah. There was a case that uh, Joe Biello, well, the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society received in 2006 that we gave to Joe Biello. And this took place in Wysox, Pennsylvania, which is literally 
miles from the New York state line up in Northeastern PA. And it was a deer, a doe that, uh, a female deer, doe, a deer. A deer. <laughs> that sounds um, like the song, a deer, yeah. a doe, a female deer. <laughs> but it had its right front leg so, so almost like jammed down into the Y of this tree. And you could see the blood underneath where the leg was that it struggled to get itself free. But this deer was literally ripped in half. Um, mm. The right rear from the middle of the deer back, the mid torso back was gone, including the right leg. Um, the gut sack was there, but the heart and liver were missing. The forehead, the head, top part of the head actually had signs of blunt force trauma to it. Like something Good. had beat it and killed it. But uh, there were no no gunshot wounds um, to the deer. It appeared the deer had its neck broken when the the uh, the children found it. And there's a backstory to it. Actually, this happened on the Fourth of July, um, 2006, where family was out celebrating the Fourth of July. Um, they live in a very rural wooded area. They pull in their driveway, getting out of their vehicle to walk in the house. In the, the wooded area behind their home, they begin to hear um, what they called the father called King Kong roaring in the back forest and it was going back and forth. These animals were, were communicating or yelling at each other and went on for some time. And eventually they went into the house. They got pretty creeped out by it. And then the next day is when the children went out in the woods to see if they could find any sign of what was making the noise. And that's when they found the deer and they found several tree breaks, several trees that had been literally uprooted and slid into the V's of other trees around this dead deer. They found several large footprint shaped impressions in the ground near the deer. So the assumption was that they thought Bigfoot had killed the deer. That's why they contacted us and Joe Biella went to the location and, and uh, took pictures of it. And I have, I still have the photos that uh, were taken by the children and the photos that were taken by Joe Biello a week later when he got on scene. And interestingly enough, um, from the point when the photos were taken, when the deer was first found and seven days later, when Joe got on scene, the carcass was still in the tree. The leg was still in the Y of the tree. And it was pretty much um, decayed by nothing but um, insects, bugs and insects and, and maggots. That was it. No other animals had touched the deer. The gut sack was left on the ground untouched, which is very uncommon in, in the forest. But <laughs> Was there any uh, predation on the other leg? Uh, any signs of qualms? No, actually, it looked like it was perfectly perfectly intact and one thing that um the kids mentioned to joe is they did not find any gouge marks scratches tears it just it was like from that mid torso section back on that right side was just completely ripped away because uh. if it was a bear or a big cat usually predation they they'll they'll claw it first mm -hmm. um usually there were no the claw marks. corners yeah exactly well you know that's the first thing when you find something in a tree like that is uh, my first thought is a big cat because they do that, and there will be a lot of damage around the back of the head, too, and the back of the neck and the throat, but a lot of it's in the back of the neck. And in uh, the pictures, you can clearly see the neck is not damaged. What's yeah. interesting about this is the deer is still on the ground. It, mm. it's, it's left leg. It's where its right rear leg would have been. Left rear right. leg would have been are still on the ground, but the right leg is in the Y of the tree, and it's literally dangling down, touching the ground. So it wasn't put up high in a tree like a big cat would do. Right, right. So That's interesting. Cat. Yeah. Question from Enigma is: Do you have a cat wandering behind you? I do. That's, <laughs> that's pause. That's, that's my buddy. Pause. He hangs and, out with and, me everywhere I go. 
And welcome, Enigma, and welcome, Ron Bowles. Hello, Ron, and Ron. welcome, Enigma. Enigma. And that's yeah, that's a cat. good question. <laughs> that's a cat well, Eric, I've got a cat that roams around me sometimes, too. And every now and then, just for kicks to help the show along, he'll knock something over or knock over a computer monitor or something in here behind me. So if you hear a big bang crash, you know, don't worry. It's just him. <laughs> so, whereas, so whereas I do not have Henry May eating soup, I have, a, I have a, a co-host with a cat that knocks stuff over. Oh, yeah. He loves to. Yeah. Well, that's on me. You know, don't have computer uh, side sitting next to the wall. You know, that, that's on me. But just be thankful you don't have Henry May peeing while he's live on the radio. <laughs> I remember that, too. He did that. Yep. On Melissa Hubby and Monica Rollins' show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. Oh, I have never heard this. Oh yeah, he went. He went in the the bathroom while he was live on the air and continued talking while he he went to the bathroom. Oh well, you know, you gotta go. Daniel. You gotta go. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Henry's all business, and uh, he is. Walt and John, and uh, is little Walt uh, present tonight? Walt. Hey, big Walt and little Walt. Hey guys. So, yes, Dan and I used to work together. <laughs> Dan. So. Good to see him drop in. Uh, he wants to go on a, on a, on a, uh, a squatch mission with me, so we're definitely going to put him on the on the uh, on the uh, pork chop necklace wearing list. So <laughs> you, you, everybody knew gets to wear the pork chop necklace out in the woods. You go. <laughs> you only have to run as faster than the slowest person. You're good. <laughs> so uh, wow. So. We, Okay, so we were talking about cats and Henry May peeing live on air. <laughs> well, it could have been worse. I mean, he could have been like, you know, well, all, all of a sudden you have one of these. Um, <laughs> these type of things. Hang on. Oh, well, you know, I love, so, I love, so, so I love Eric, Henry. Eric, can you tell me the last time uh, you uh, had a Bigfoot encounter? <laughs> Yikes. I mean, it could have been. Yeah, that could have been worse. <laughs> you, hear the plop, you hear the plop and the splash. Oh, uh, goodness. Oh, good for Dan. Dan said he'll wear two. Two pork chop necklaces. Okay. Would you prefer bone in or boneless? Thick cut? Slim cut. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so we, we, have the, we have some of the greatest guests that come in and... and uh, Plop it with some humor, and that's all plop, great. Plop, plop in. Plop, yeah, I like that. We're not now that's sticky into my head. Um, but anyhow, uh, so what has been the most interesting case that you've ever done? Another tough question because we do oh, so. Wow. I mean, where that you're like, wow, oh, <sighs> I've been called here, and the evidence is just really, you know, whack. It's just. Probably the most interesting case that uh, that I had a chance to to work, and um, wow, I would say September of 2011 um, received a an email then a phone call from a gentleman um, who he's a um, his name is Doug, and he's a Pennsylvania deputy constable, and he worked as a security guard for a windmill construction site in Fayette County up on the ridge, Chestnut Ridge. And he was the supervisor of the uh, security team that guarded this site. And they had a lot of very expensive equipment. They had um, 
cranes and um, copper wire. I mean, a lot of stuff that could be stolen at night. So they guarded this this location during the evening. And for weeks on end, up until he contacted us, the security crew would have almost nightly experiences where they would hear knocking sounds coming from the forest around them. Um, they would hear whoops, primate type of whoop calls, and they heard screams, very loud, high-pitched screams coming from the forest around them as well. Wow. And this went on for weeks, almost on a nightly basis. And some of the, the people that worked there didn't believe it. Um, and with the history of um, the reports in the area, in this area in particular is a very active area. Um, the people that worked there, some of the other security guards, they didn't buy into it. They just figured it was a big cat or typical nocturnal wildlife they were hearing. Um, one guy thought it was all bunk and he issued a, a challenge to the, the whatever was screaming in the woods. So he leaned out the backside of his, of the window of his pickup truck and yelled, screamed out the backside real loud. And within like 10 or 15 minutes, something walked up to the back of his pickup truck and screamed at him. <laughs> yeah. And, and he got so scared. He just, he took off out of the, the parking lot and left. Well, this all came to a head in September of 2011 when the, uh, the supervisor was working sitting in the parking lot in his vehicle and he was sitting near some of these um big i guess you call them mobile offices they look like little mobile homes but they're they're, yeah. they're made up for offices and he was sitting about 75 yards away from a light pole that had a board on it where they had all the um electrical um, meters and stuff that ran these these mobile different mobile offices mm -hmm. and he watched something he could see something in the shadows lurking around on the ground but he couldn't see really what it was until it stood up and it leaned forward and peered at him from around this electrical board and was looking right at him while he sat in his car 75 feet away oh. and he said he could definitely see it wasn't a bear um, he could see the arm hanging down he could see this face of this thing looking at him they watched each other for a few moments and then it pivoted spun around and walked off into the darkness on two legs that was enough for him to call us. So <clears throat> I took two groups up there on a Friday and Saturday night. The Friday night we went up, and I believe this was September 9th and 10th of 2011. Um, the first group that went up there consisted of myself, um, Sean Dennis. Um, his son was there. Um, trying to think who else might have been there. There was a couple of us there, a handful maybe. And we were hearing the, the distant screams and a couple of wood knocks, but nothing really to get too overworked about. And we just thought it was kind of cool we were hearing things. And pretty much other than that, it was an uneventful night. Uh, the Saturday we went up, I took a group of about 15, 20 people up there. And it's such a huge construction site. We were able to put groups of four or five people on each corner of this construction site and not be close to each other. Well, as we set up, it was probably about 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night getting dark. And we set up, we had all these listening devices with night gear and all that stuff. And that's when the fun began. Uh, we began to hear down over the hill to our left, the very front of the construction site where they heard a lot of the screaming coming from. We began to hear whoops and grunts, oh. screams coming from that hollow. So, of course, the people in the front that were set up in the front of the construction site, their attention was focused on that. I was in the middle of the construction site where we had a little base camp set up. We had lawn chairs set up, you know, and cars parked. And yeah. I was almost to the to the edge of the right side of the property. And I began to hear something walking through the forest. So I, I honestly thought it was maybe a bear or something like that. So I, I got maybe what 10, 15 feet from the tree line. And I had a handheld, if you remember those IR handheld flares that you could hold like this. Yeah. 
They look yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They look like um, uh, the clicking kind, the click and go handheld yep. small ones. And I was watching the woods, and I couldn't really see a heat signature, but I could hear something walking. And my sister, brother-in-law, and my nephew were standing maybe 10 feet behind me. And I had a parabolic mic in one hand, the eye in the other. And I began to hear real heavy breathing, and it sounded very raspy, almost asthmatic. So I'm standing there listening to this thing, and it began to grunt. And my sister, brother-in-law, and nephew heard it, and they kind of responded too. And my brother-in-law's been a hunter for a long, long time. And I turned around and looked at him, and I said, does that sound like a bear to you? And he said, no. And I said, what about the movement? Does it sound bipedal, or does it sound on four legs? He said, it sounds like it's walking on two legs. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, this thing backed up into the tree line further back and began walking away from me to my right. So I followed it down to the corner, uh, the back corner of the uh, construction site, and it was still walking. And as it was walking to my right on the other side of the construction site, we had five loud wood knocks. And wow. I've never heard wood knocks as loud as I heard these. And of course, I didn't have anything to knock back. I, I just had my parabolic and my flitter in my hand. And I was so excited. I ran all the way back to the little mini base camp we had set up and grabbed my, my axe handle and ran all the way back. And I began <laughs> knocking. And this thing was literally communicating back and forth with me. I'd knock wow. three knocks. It would knock three knocks. I'd knock two. It would do two. So then I started thinking, all right, well, maybe it's these security guys that are trying to set us up and hoaxing. So I started walking towards the direction of the knocking. And meanwhile, this thing that was walking off away from me is still walking in the woods. You could hear it. And I get back in the corner back there where I heard the wood knocking coming from. And I'm looking all around and using the thermal flare. And I see a heat signature probably a good 15, 20 yards back in the woods. And I'm looking at it. And I, I have a, my, my IR with me as well as the thermal. And I'm shining the IR light. And all of a sudden, I get these eye shining back at me. Now, this isn't typical eye shine where you think on the ground like a deer or something like that. This was up high. And mm. I, I can't even guess how, how high it was, but it was it was pretty high up in what I thought was a tree. But then I began to watch it as it moved between trees from right to left as it moved this, you know, across in front of me. And I could see two eyes become one and then become two again. And, and I was like, wow, there's something definitely going on back there. And me being curious to see what it was, I started walking right at it. And well, sure. as soon as I hit that tree line, the eyes, either they closed or the head turned, they went away. Hmm. And I heard brush crash and something took off. That's and awesome. As we stood there kind of looking at each other, um, there was a small group of us just kind of looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? Um, yep. On the other end, I'm getting reports from those guys that were hearing the whooping and the, the screaming coming from down the hill at the front of the construction area. They're still hearing it there. So we had literally sounds coming from all around us that night. We finally make it back over to where I originally heard this, whatever it was, walking. We thought it was fair at first. Get back over there, and my nephew's standing over there, and I asked him, what do you think? What do you think that was? And he said, I've never heard anything like that. Hmm. And just as he finished that, I said, let's walk back up to the, the main base. Let me put some of this equipment down, and we're going to head back down in the woods and do some wood knocking. And we turned around and started walking back to the little base camp we had set up. Not even five seconds after I said, let's go back, we heard two of the loudest screams I've heard doing this. And I've been doing this for 22 years come out of that hollow. And my, my nephew grabbed me by the arm and stopped me and said, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I, I said, did you hear that? And he goes, yes, I heard that. And as soon as those two loud screams happened, the coyotes in that valley went crazy. Yeah. Just nuts. 
And, and for the rest of the night, I had people that weren't believers. You, you know, Tim Shaw, yeah. he was out with us and, and he walked away like, man, there was something here tonight that happened. I had other people that never had the experiences that walked away, convinced something was happening. Yeah. And it was, it was a very active night. And it, like I said, it happened from all sides of us. And what's really cool about this place is, is since um, that time in 2011, the construction crew moved out. There's still some of the old storage base, uh, storage facilities there. They have a huge garage they built. They put a fence around the perimeter of the, uh, the construction site so no one can get in or out. But since that point, there's been several people that have had sightings, um, like within a mile of that location. Um, I've had talked to several people who've heard calls and wood knocks and Ricky Cherby, who's in the chat room, not far from there, he's heard calls come out of that valley as well. So we're pretty convinced that that area right there where this former construction site is, uh, there's something up in there that's, that's hanging out and staying around that area. Well, Eric, with, with that much activity happening in such a short period of time, do you think you may have had uh, multiple uh, individuals uh, messing around out there or do you think it was just one real busy creature? Well, I, I never saw the creature or creatures mm -hmm. where, where the sounds were coming from. There had to be more than one because yeah. at the very front, the two groups that were stationed up there were still reporting, hearing the screams and the whooping right. calls coming from the hollow across the road and down the hill from them. Right. In those thick woods. I was a good hundred yards away from them when I first heard the grunting and the asthmatic breathing and the walking. Yeah. And then at the back right-hand corner of the construction site where you heard the wood knocks and I saw what I thought was eye shine. So there had to be, if if they were Bigfoot creatures, right. there had to be at least three entities making these noises right. and causing these commotions. There's no way that it could have been that fast to move from one spot to another and then back to another to, to keep that same commotion going on. Right. It's just my opinion. Now, we've got a, a, a couple of uh, uh, questions in the chat, uh, some pertaining to this, some not. Uh, Amy Bew asks, uh, ever had any stories about a green Sasquatch? So she's working on a new report southern uh, between the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, one that had a greenish tinge to it. No, Amy, I can't say that I've heard anything about a greenish tinge to it. Um, algae, of course, like you, you mentioned in your question, that's a possibility. Um, mold, maybe, on the fur. But I've never heard of any, any creatures pu uh, putting off or emanating a green color to them. Uh, I have. Something to Sasquatch <laughs> about. Uh, asks, have you seen the mysterious red eyes in the woods? I've heard Thomas Steinberg said he doesn't believe in the red eye theory. Till he saw them himself. So just a curious question. Uh, yeah, I've seen the red eyes on several occasions in yep. several different states in New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Yeah, I've seen them. And I've also seen in Ohio at Salt Fork State Park, um, I've seen uh, like a, a whitish bluish color eye shine reflected in the high beams of my, my vehicle as I was leaving yeah. the handicapped picnic area. So those, and I've seen green eyes too. Very, no. very big, big green eyes. I mean, they weren't raccoon or a small nocturnal animal. These suckers were huge. Yeah, that's my normal question I, I get Eric on, but since he, I know he'd already answered it in the past, I wasn't going to hit him up this, this time. <laughs> <laughs> one of the... Uh, one of the... Uh, and, and you're right. And, and I've written a lot about eye shine and stuff, and I, I don't feel like they can bioluminesce. Um, I, I believe that they could have a tapetum lucidum, which is the mechanism that gives 
uh, creatures night night vision and eyesight. And I think the reason why people kind of get fooled about the bioluminescence thing is because their eyes are so big. Yeah. So you have these set of big forward eyes um, that are getting lit up. And the one I had seen in um, 2012, um, sorry, 2011, uh, 2012 was a juvenile. 2011, I had the eye shine where I actually saw it standing there. I could see the eyes blinking. They were like a, a an orangish color. They weren't red. They weren't orange. They were kind of like, in, in, you know, an orangish tinge. Um, a, a year, uh, a couple of years later, we had some movement around us where we caught some pictures uh, of eye shine moving in the woods as we could hear it moving. I just took a flash camera and went bang, 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 bang. And the the eye shine in actuality was that bluish whitish tinge mm-hmm. that you had mentioned, and a lot of people wonder why. What, what does the color mean? It, and it it varies. It varies on the type of lighting you're using, the angle of reflection, and atmospherical conditions, humidity, dew point, stuff like that. So, you know, you can't always sell it that you know that just because it's a green eyes or or, or, or white eyes or Bluish eyes does not mean it's not a Sasquatch. You know, that it changes. So, uh, and, and you're right. Uh, there are a dozen species. Uh, Amy said some lemurs have glowing eyes. It's a possibility. Um, there are 12 species of, and unfortunately, they're all lower primates um, that have a tapetum lucidum. The higher primates do not have one. So we'll see, you know, like I said, that's why I kind of think Sasquatch, we're always trying to say, is it Pongan, is it Hominid? I think it's somewhere in between and may have its own separate branch. But that's just a hypothetical, but we do know it's a primate. So, Uh-oh, sounds like a ski just got open, folks. Ring the bell. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's my Coke. Oh, that's you. <laughs> see, Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eric probably doesn't get good drinks like ski over in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I've tried that. I don't care for it. It's well, the, Steve didn't like it either. So you know, you're not alone in it. it is, I agree. It is acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, it, it it'll knock you down the first can you drink. But after you know a while, when you kill out the taste buds, it it starts getting a little better. <laughs> yeah, it's got 85 grams of sugar in one can. No, just... <laughs> mm. Wow. I'll tell you what. I'm loving over here behind Eric. We have. Wild Kingdom of Cats. Yeah, that's right. We have a cat cl- <laughs> to, the, to, to stage left of Eric. We have a cat well, cleaning herself. Yep. And to stage right, well, it looks like that one's doing it too, way back in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Robbie back there, and that's Paws over here. Yeah. Robbie oh, these, and Paws. These, Paws are clean, and buddy. these are clean, well-groomed animals. Very well done, sir. Look good. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad all three of you could make it for the show tonight. <laughs> Nar- they're narcissistic. What can I say? <laughs> and, sh- and pause actually stopped to look at you when you said that, by the way. <laughs> takes after me. Oh, oh Walt, Walt, Walt is yelling peach snapple. Well, the chat room is really hopping. I, I can't hardly yeah. keep up with yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's buzzing are... along pretty good. They're all yeah, having give fun. Me a, give me a snapple. <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen the commercial, Eric? I haven't seen the commercial, but I just watched Shooting Sasquatch. Okay. So, all right. Oh. Just for fun, we're going to play the commercial because 
It only takes like 30 seconds. Chris, you appreciate that commercial. Let me just oh, yeah. Go. go ahead. Go ahead. Let me just, uh, Better mute me out, though. Oh, I'm going to mute us out. I just got to find it. Um, I know it's somewhere in my fire. It is. We'll just put that over here for now. Beautiful. Okay. Yep, that's the one. All right, so we're going to take a look at the peach snapple just for a minute, get a little bit of a breather in for Eric. So hang on one second. Are you Bigfooters thirsty out there? Well, I suggest to get a delicious, refreshing snapple. Yes, even the most famous Bigfoot rush to the store to get themselves their favorite beverage, the delicious peach Snapple. No need to be cranky when you can just ask just the, your loved one right for a delicious I don't want beverage. Got it? No, get me a Snapple. And don't be in such a hurry, there's plenty at the store. Diet peach snapple. Try delicious peach snapple. No, give me a snapple. <laughs> yeah, right. so we so we just had to do that. <laughs> oh, when when Rick Dyer uh, trips and, and almost falls into the fire, there it, it tickles me to death. I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> oh man oh golly we got a lot of debate going on in the chat room over there jay says what creates what was it what creates oh i missed it I'm sorry. scroll up um we're out here okay yeah there it is what creates the eye glow without lights shining on said bigfoot I, ah. a tapetum lucidum. Well, you know, that's the thing. I mean, where is it going to be that there's not going to be any light in yeah, a cave? I, the, the glow can come from moonlight. It can come from ambient right. light. It can come from, yep. don't have to necessarily shine on them. Um, I, I've driven by deer with my headlights going forward, and you see the deer over on the left, and there's the eye shining away. So, um so, yeah, you don't necessarily need, because uh, it, what it does is it collects lights. That's the whole process of that mechanism in the eye is to gather up as much light as possible. And Frank says he really needs a Snapple now. <laughs> yep. And uh, Jamie, it's a question that yellow at first and turned orange and then red and slowly, and that can happen. Again, like I said, a lot can happen with angle of, of you know, refraction. So as the light turns, the color or the tinting can change, as well as you know all the other, yeah. the other things. So yeah, um, yeah. And Amy makes a point about uh, like a reflector on a tree. And uh, if I may entertain everybody with a story, I you know it goes back to I think 2013, 2014. No, it had to be 20, it had to be 20, late 2012 actually, maybe 20. Yeah, it was 2012. Um, and we were down. Uh, in an area where, uh, well, I had taken the pictures of those eye shine video, uh, the eye shine pictures uh, there, and yeah, I don't know if you can find them on the web yet. Uh, I'll take a look. But as we went down the, the hill, and I had two researchers with me, and 
I look over there, and you know, we're off trail, and I'm looking around going, huh, there's a couple of trail markers over there. You know, I got my flashlight, and they're shining back at me. And I, all of a sudden, the trail markers go, whoop, right mm. out, right, right away. And uh, literally, everybody was like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they can look like trail markers. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't on a marked trail. And that's why I was kind of like confused because there are marked trails. So I'm like, oh, is DC putting trail markers up here? And that went moved. And uh, everybody was like, what? Did that just happen? So it's pretty. Uh, um, hmm. um, somebody asked this question. Can anyone comment on why Cascade Bigfoot's channel was taken down on YouTube? No clue. No clue. Uh, ah. That's a that's a good question for Eric yeah. from Cryptidville. I don't know if it'd be. Oh no. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's pop it up. Hang on. Let's pop it up. So Cryptidville's asking Eric, what was your scariest encounter? The one where you really should have wore the brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think I've had a scariest encounter. Um. Gosh, I think maybe the first time I went out, and it wasn't necessarily a Bigfoot that startled me. It was a, a black bear. Um, this happened in 1997 when I, I first got into the field. And I'd gone out with uh, a researcher in the Derry Township, Ligonier Township area by the name of Sam Sherry. And he took me to this area where he was baiting. He was trying to catch Bigfoot with snares. And he was baiting he had a bucket in a tree. He put fish in the tree. He put tranquilizers in the fish. He had a pie pan in one of the um, tree stumps that he filled with beer and he put tranquilizers in it. He was hoping to catch these Bigfoot. Mm. And he, took, he took me up there and showed me this. And this guy was in his late seventies when I met him. And I, I figured I'm going to come up here by myself at night and see if anything comes around. Right. And, um, at the time, I, I really didn't have much in the way of field experience going out there looking for Bigfoot. Sure, I, I hunted and, and fished and hiked and camped, and I had experience in the outdoors, but I went out and found this rock outcropping where, very close to where he had baited the area, and I sat on this rock outcropping. It was about 1130 at night, and uh, I was sitting there real quiet, just not making any noise, and I hear in the back behind me, off in the distance, I hear tromp, tromp. Trump and I hear brush shake and snap and twig snap and I'm like thinking to myself all right well there's something back there and I was kind of nervous to turn around and look because you read this stuff in books and magazines articles and newspapers and stuff like that and you're like all right I really have to experience the whole Bigfoot thing to you know to know it's real and I'm having this thing thing approach me Trump 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 getting closer and I could hear this real guttural like and I'm sitting on this rock outcropping by myself. And the only thing I have as far as a weapon goes is a pen knife and a little thing of bear mace on my side. And I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, I, I, I don't want to turn around and look and see what the hell this is, but it's getting closer and closer. And I'm high enough, high enough on this rock outcropping that if something comes up behind me, I'm a good five or six feet above it. So I'm thinking, well, if it's, some, if it's a Bigfoot, I'm going to turn around and be right in its face. Mm. So this thing got closer and closer within maybe five or ten feet of me. And I finally had to figure out what it was. Turned around with a, had a headlamp on, turned around, 
turned it on and it was a black bear standing there at the bottom of the rock outcropping, literally five feet from me. And I was afraid to move because I thought if I take off running, maybe this thing's going to run after me. I I sat there like, oh my God, what do I do? And I just sat there and just didn't move. And finally, I just turned my whole body to the left and it took off like a bat out of hell through the bushes. It literally scared the crap out of me. But it wasn't a Bigfoot encounter, but the first possibility (laughs) that something unknown was coming up behind me and I'd never experienced that. And that really just startled me. And it kind of took me out a little bit. Well, from what I've heard, but if you have the element of surprise on a bear, uh, a black bear, not necessarily a grizzly, but a black bear, they will skedaddle really quick. Yeah, this did. Uh, I don't yeah. think it knew I was sitting there because I was yeah. real still until I finally turned my whole body to, to like, look oh, at it. I'm out of here. Like, <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, I, I've actually seen a, a video that was released somewhere. The guy, you know, he goes... There was a bear encroaching on his property. Finally, he walks out of the pasture. Get out of here! Get, 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 get out! Get out of the yard! Yeah, shit! And the thing looks at him and takes off. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, there's that one moment when the bear looks at you, and it's like, ooh, (laughs) what, what are you gonna do? You know, your your body, everything inside your in your mind is saying. Run, run, run! But then your mind says, "No, wait a minute! No, 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 no! Yeah. Don't, don't, don't run away! Because if you run, it'll chase you." Yeah, and uh, I, I feel for the for the Western researchers. They have grizzly and brown, you know, the the grizzly oh, bears to deal with. Oh yeah, and mountain oh, lions, yeah. and mountain lions, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, we have cat too. I'm sure we do, but yeah. you know, even though Encon denies it, but. There's been snaps of one snaps of one taken here and there on the trail camera too. Yeah. Yeah. Um Sean Gooday. Hey Sean, good to see you here. Sean. I asked the story, like the story of the deer in the tree. Uh and I have a question too, uh, before I get to this one. How far up in the tree was the deer? Uh it was literally the the deer's legs, left leg and the back left leg were on the ground. So this oh. was only a few feet up. The okay. right leg was literally a few feet up. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll send you right. pictures after the show. All right, cool. And he asks, why do you think bugs or animals didn't eat the belly sack? No idea. No clue. And, you know, uh, it was on the ground, correct? Maybe it just fell out. You know, maybe it had only fallen out. Yeah, it, it very well could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I can send you the pics if you're able to get them uploaded and share them with the audience if you want to take a look at them real quick. Yeah, if you... Uh, I can do yeah, that shoot, right shoot, quick, Yeah, right? shoot them right over. And uh, we'll we'll get on that real quick. Uh, we're gonna test your metal, Steve. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be good here. So as soon as we, if you just throw them on there on PM Messenger, which you probably already have gotten them to. Yeah, this will take a, a moment or two here. Okay. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, uh, any other great? There's more questions too. Oh yeah, uh, man! These guys in the chat. You guys are so sharp. I'm so proud of y'all. There was a question for me in here uh, asking about uh, what are my thoughts on the Adam Davies portal saga at Soha with Dr. Matt Johnson. No idea it wasn't there. So mm-hmm. you know, Adam Davies is usually a pretty well balanced guy, and I don't know what he's saying about it lately. So uh, I, I really haven't researched you know his uh stuff out there so i'm not really familiar with it other than supposedly he had some experiences there 
so I can't really comment on something I'm not completely aware of, and it would just be yeah. opinion anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I want to remind everybody, all the guys that's on YouTube, guys and gals, if you're on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. It'll help us out. It lets, lets us do more stuff. Steve can uh, have more options to... to uh, do some more put stuff. Link, yeah. Put links into the show and the videos and stuff, so please. <laughs> we appreciate your support. There you go, Steve. Oh. Okay, we're working on it. Give me one quick second here. This so those, be... are, those are just of the deer kill. I have pictures of the trees that were uprooted and the possible footprints and and what the deer looked like afterwards, after Joe got to the scene, those were taken. The pictures I sent you were taken by the family. They found the deer that next day. All right, that, we're gonna that was fresh. Yeah, there's a ton here. So give me one quick second. We'll get them into the queue. Of that area in question, though, um, Bradford County up there, Wyalusing, um, Tawanda. Um, I spent a lot of research time up there in my first few years of investigating, and we had some really interesting experiences up there as well, from wood knocking, having rocks thrown at us. Mm. Uh, even before tree structures and stackings and, and tree twists were really talked about in the, the community, we were finding them in Wyalusing and uh, some of the surrounding forest up there as well. Uh, Eric, have you ever been in an area and been researching and then a tree fell? Near uh, near enough where you could hear it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I had two fall within like two minutes of each other. That's kind of spooky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's actually um, what happened with that was that was in 2010. I was out with Dave and Cindy Dragazin, myself, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if anybody else was with us that night, but we were sitting on a property where there had been a sighting that summer in 2009, and right. I got the right idea to um, to grill some bacon on a little makeshift barbecue thing I got at Walmart. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, get that smell going. Yeah. Frying some bacon up, and we were just sitting quietly and talking. And um, the, the vacant property we were sitting on, there was a sighting of a small creature and a nine-foot-tall creature that occurred a couple of weeks prior to us being there. And the night we were sitting there, it was about 1030 at night. Um, the neighbors had come home, and they have a long driveway that goes past this abandoned property up on the hillside to their their house. And we, we could hear them go up the driveway to the top of the hill to their garage we could see the garage light come on outside they went in the house you heard the garage door shut within two minutes of the garage door shutting the first tree fell and it came mm. from the wooded area right close to their garage and we all kind of looked at each other like oh did anybody else hear that tree fall and we were all yeah. the and we were like that was pretty impressive and no sooner did we say that was impressive the second tree was pushed over another one yeah so yeah and that's actually incidentally for those who've seen the um, the Pennsylvania episode of Finding Bigfoot, the second one where they came to Fayette County, where Cliff had did his solo camp out. That's a, right up on top of the hillside from where Cliff was camping. So wow. that area was really active with sightings in 2009. Very cool. Half a dozen of them from that area. Well, do you think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to ask you here to kind of like uh, uh, speculate a little bit. Do you think that uh, the trees falling in the areas or could be related to Bigfoot somehow? Um, well, that night the trees fell. Um, it wasn't windy. It wasn't mm -hmm. storming outside. So there really wasn't a cause for them unless the both trees were dry rotted, which I can't rule that possibility out. 
but right. I've heard other researchers talk about how they've heard trees pushed over and fall in the woods when there's no condition for that tree to fall and you know, there's right. no wind or a storm or something that would make that tree fall. So I can't say that Bigfoot actually does it, but I can't say they don't. Right. It's possible. And, uh, I forgot. Let me, let me go back to when you were talking a little earlier about the construction we're, we're, area. We're ready oh. to go with pictures, Chris. Too. Oh, please go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, for, for those out there, these are a little graphic by the way, just to forewarn everybody. Uh, yeah. That's what I say. If anybody has got a squeamish, uh, heart, uh, you might want to turn away or uh, go get a drink go or get something. Just get a Snapple, a peach one, diet. So here is one of the pictures. Yes, yeah, so this is um, what the family found the deer in the trees. You can see the right leg is wedged into the tree, and you can see the blood on the, uh, the tree uh, underneath the leg where the animal was alive when it got stuck there. And it tried to force its way out, but you can see it's it's very tightly pushed into that tree where it couldn't escape. Uh. Okay, well, I'm going to go with the uh, overall tree picks first, Eric. So, okay, There's another angle. That's the deer. About seven days later, after Joe got to the site mm. and was able to look at the deer personally, and you can see for the most part it's still intact. It wasn't really scavenged. I got, what did I get? Seven pictures out of the, the lot there. So, yeah, I have a bunch more I can send you to. Oh, this is all. This should be good. That's right. Joe's um, close up picture of the leg right. and how it's wedged into the tree. His impression was that something put it there rather than the deer got it stuck there and as it was pushed down pretty far in. And you can see the, the blood stains right here on the, I'm pointing at, like you can see me pointing, but um, right. yeah, right there, you can see the dried blood stains on the right. tree. To me, yeah. it looked like it was trying to get away. It was. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, is there any way you can go back to the first picture, Steve? Because to me, it looks like it's a, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility that that, that deer could have got his leg hung. Mm -hmm. uh, if, he, if, he, if he raised up to the, on the side of that tree for some odd reason. It's kind of a really weird position. You would think, you know, to get well, up on that tree, it would have yeah. to either jump this way. Or, you know, maybe it was trying to jump going forward and got caught. I don't know. Uh, I don't see any trauma to the front side there. So to me, it's like where, you know, to me, it looks yeah. like, you know what I mean? If it would be the right. only real way it would be going if it was going forward right? without any trauma there. I'm like, I don't know. Um, That's just, just, this is weird. This is really weird. Weird, weird uh, thing here. Um, so here's another angle. Um, as you can see, it's been it, it's a little yeah. bit decayed here at this point. Um, Something's been nibbling on it too. <laughs> so here's where the pictures get. Uh oh, I sent you some more pictures as well. Okay, uh, this is where it gets a little more graphic. Yeah, that's where its right rear leg is missing, yeah. and. It almost looks like something cut its mid torso and just ripped that whole intestines out. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a better shot of yeah. And that that's an and that's a newer shot to when it was killed because obviously when that's when the kids when, found it that day. Yeah, yeah well. I mean that's that looks really. 
you know, the, the, the big cats will start at the back. Well, you know, uh, coyotes do that too. They start at the back end and work their way forward, but in this way it was hung in the tree though. They wouldn't have much choice, would they? Yeah, uh, I mean, you can see where the, the paw at this point is twisted all the way around. Right. Right. Um, the only thing I can say is, <clears throat> did you know, wow, this tree is... come down on it? Because you see the tree if there. If you go back to the other picture, you'll see the right side of the deer, and you don't see a tree on it. Well, I'm thinking maybe it broke. You know, it, it snapped. That's the only thing I'm thinking. But the fact is, I don't see any evidence of blood on them. So... I, I no, that rules that out. That, that I mean, that's just my thought process. You know, let's look. It looks like now, the when yeah. I mentioned that they found evidence of possible blunt force trauma on the head. Oh, absolutely. Ah, okay. But the back neck, where you would think a cat might right. dig teeth into, yeah. they found no puncture puncture wounds. Yeah, those aren't. Hmm. And that's the that's top of the head. All right, let's pull up some more pictures here. We can't say a Bigfoot did this, but something did it to that, that poor deer. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. It, it really is. Uh... You know, now the deer would have been stuck. Oh, shoot. To me, it looks like the deer was alive while it was stuck. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it would be like the theory that a big cat had killed it and tried to drag it up the tree but couldn't get it up there all the way. That wouldn't float because uh, the deer was alive while he was stuck in the tree because it, it's got blood where it's flailed around everywhere up there where that leg was stuck. Yeah. This is just really weird. It's fascinating. It is. And, and there's a picture I sent of a rock that the kids found that they claimed that there was blood on the rock. And mm -hmm. they, they, they speculate that whoever killed this deer used that rock to bash it in its head. Now I've looked at this, the rock that they took a picture of. I don't see any blood on it personally, but you can judge for yourself. Take a look at it. It might, you might see something different than I do. Okay. Give me a, a second or two folks. Because uh, I try to scroll through the pictures, and what we end up getting is all the pictures we had previously. So I'm have to do. Did this. I send the same ones again? No, 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 no. It's just uh, uh, a Facebook glitch. So I have to do. I have to call one up, close it, save it. Oh. For each one, gotcha. instead of just scrolling yeah. through and going bang, bang, bang. It's worth it though, Steve. I know it's yeah. a lot of trouble. But this is really cool. No, this is this is fine. This is what the show is about. Um. You know, tell me about uh, any, were there any Bigfoot sighting reports nearby that particular area? Actually, yeah, there was a report um, that uh, happened prior to this um, that was not necessarily a sighting, but it very well could have been an encounter. Um, and I think I have pictures. I can send you the pictures of that if you want to see that. Um, yeah. I can tell you about it. It's no big deal. Um there was a gentleman who was friends of the family that was staying on the property in a RV on the back of the property. And he stayed there for a couple of weeks until the very end. He had something coming around the RV at night that would beat on the RV, pound on the RV. 
And then finally, the morning that he got so scared and left, something came up to the back of the RV and shook it violently back and forth. And it was enough for him to leave all his belongings in the RV and just leave. That's yeah. the, the rock there. <laughs> I think yeah. I would have left too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the supposed rock they, the kids said they found that uh, they theorized that, that whatever killed the deer used to kill the deer. They said there was dried blood on it when they found it. I don't see the blood myself, but. Uh, that, well, the, there's a corner. Yeah, right up there, Steve. You got it. <laughs> there's a corner that's got a dark spot up there. That's, that looks suspicious. But <laughs> Yeah, because blood does dry black, uh, as we've uh, talked about. Um, when it really... And the, the marks on the top of the head showed that uh, it was something that had a little point on it, but it was right also there. had like a line. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That's interesting. That is very interesting. So what else do we let's take a look here. So we looked at this. Yeah, there's one of the trees that I talked about that was uprooted and shoved through a couple other trees. That Whoa. was very close to the uh, where the deer was killed. And that might have been a nice hanging rack. You know, but for whatever reason, pick that. Well, that's really cool. That's a picture of the deer that Joe found the day that he arrived. And they, they found stackings like this all throughout the, the surrounding area. Now, that's interesting. And this is not an area where people are, you know, frequently in there, is it, Eric? I mean, this is yeah. kind of like out in the sticks, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, they, they own the property, and they own a couple hundred acres that abut up against that forest. And yeah. that forest is actually state property. That's one of the footprints, the alleged footprints they found that was very close to the deer. Oh, man. It does look about right. It's questionable at best. I can't tell. Yeah, without a measurement, but, you know, you see a wide heel, you see the foot, the toes splays out. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of a narrow heel, but Eric, do you know if anybody tried to actually, cast? Did anybody try to cast that? No, I, I I believe the kids took that the day they found the deer, and okay. no one cast uh, it. By the time Joe got there, it was yeah. it wasn't yeah. castable. So I don't think that's a an out and out print necessarily as an impression. It's, it's an impression, yeah. And because I see that maybe there was some leaves there, and they've kind of brushed the leaves away, mm-hmm. which you know is like the one I had gotten in. Um, uh, 2003 with the with the two kids having a sighting. Right, right. Um, and again, this doesn't prove a Bigfoot was there or, or did the killing of the deer. It's just an interesting little side note you know, the, the kids found. Well, yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, taxes, is it possible that maybe two bucks rearing up caught the front leg? But the problem I have it's is, a doe. What, you know, what did... It's not a buck. Yeah, it's a doe. Uh... So, and, you know, what, what kind of predator, you know, tears it in half? Uh, well, I, I know a deer can rear up on its hind legs and place yeah. its front legs against the trunk of a tree because I've seen them do it on an apple tree over at my mother's. They, they, would, they would stand up on the side of the tree there, and it gave them a little more height. They could reach up and grab an apple from the lower limb, you know. Well, they couldn't. They didn't grab it with their hand. Okay, <laughs> but they could reach. They could reach an apple with their mouth by standing up on the side of the tree. Right. Now, and, and Robin brought up a great point. If you can go back to the picture of the deer, if you notice the right rear leg, it, it's literally torn off. 
it's not there anymore and it's not cut right. it's, it's torn off right see the bottom part right there it's gone yeah. Yeah, right there, the joint. So something was tremendous, and there's the gut sack laying right next to it. And if, if this was anybody harvesting it for food, they left a nice big shank right there. Mm -hmm. And they did a horrible job harvesting it. Yeah. That's very interesting, because if you look, it does not look like there are bites here. No. It looks um, like it's almost been cut with some kind of tool. Uh, it looks like it's been pulled. Yeah. Because you see these strands. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Like there, like especially this long one. Right. That yeah. one going that way, that one going this way. It looks like it was it was actually pulled apart. Yeah. Not necessarily cut. And usually you would see a more of a straight line cut instead of you a, kind of this weird, jagged, irregular yes. type of cut. It's certainly odd. Yeah, it definitely uh definitely so uh Here's a funny one. Tax and, uh, Tactical Bigfoot Research sent this picture earlier. Um, how about this deer up in the tree? I would think that'd be more from a big cat. I mm. agree. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you can't really tell on the, yeah. the animal itself if it has bite marks in the neck or... Yeah. Yeah, and, and what, what kind of... If, there, if any tracks around the tree itself... Right. So or scratch marks on the tree, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um going back to the tree. And that's the other thing about this tree. Is you know, are the I mean those could have been from the deer trying to get off. It, mm. uh, I don't know. But I, I I don't see like claw marks. You know, usually you don't see single, which may that might have been hoof. But yeah. you know, whereas you know, if it was a cat or a bear, you would definitely see one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. You know, like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's truly a mystery that we were never able to figure out. Now that was that's what makes this one of the uh, uh, interesting uh, things to. Uh, uh, talk about um, what we got here. Up oh, some. Okay. Um. So yeah, it definitely would make a, a very interesting uh, day in the woods. Um, I have found um a dead cow many years ago that looked like its neck had been broken. There was no bat. There was no hindquarter uh, predation on it where you would find claw marks. There was tracks found nearby. It was down um, in uh, near Dothan, Alabama, and uh, you know, really, really, uh, you could see the jaw was broken, so it looked like something had taken the cow and went, just kind of mm. did that. And the neck was the 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 socket where the head rests in the vertebrae was completely out, so it looks like something went, you know, mm. did, did that grab the bottom. And pulled it. Like I said, and very similarly, the gut was, was gone. Everything, by the time we got there, every, you know, it was pretty much skeletonized on the one side, but the, the other side was not. And you could tell in the, the top side, you could tell the hindquarters were intact. But it looks like something snapped it and then just ripped the guts out of it. So, so interesting stuff. I've only ever, in my years of research, I've only ever been reported 
or have seen a deer kill. Um, and this was in Parker Dam State Park in uh, Clearfield County, central Pennsylvania, where uh, one of the assistant park rangers contacted me and told me about the deer he had found. And literally the head was twisted backwards um, and it was facing that direction rather than forward. And he right. sent me pictures of it. And by the time we got up there, the deer had decayed and was pretty rotted, but the head was still backwards. Hmm. No bullet holes, no, no arrow yeah. holes, nothing. It was just like something took its head and twisted it backwards. Uh, I've looked, you know, it's kind of funny because I've seen one cow and I examined two deer carcasses in the Alabama area. And I remember seeing one that really, uh, and again, this could have been fighting bucks, but, uh, you know, its its rack was ripped right from its head, which was very, very curious. You know, it had no other signs of, like, it was involved in a fight, but it, it, had, it was dead, and it had, it had its neck broken, and it had its antlers ripped off. Hmm. And they, they had the antlers, you know, all attached to this, you know. To the um, flesh. To the flesh. Um, wow. The um, and then I looked at another deer on, on the banks of one of the the uh, uh, the swamp rivers there, and uh, you know you could see. And the minute I started looking at it, it's pretty automatic. I looked at a couple of the deer legs, and they looked like they had been cut, you know, because nice clean. And then I pick up the pelt, and I found the bullet hole in it. So I was mm. like, okay, that one's, you know, that one's a uh, a kill. Well, you know, uh, if uh, Bigfoot creatures do eat meat, which I, I don't know. I, I assume they would. Uh, he sure left a lot of meat on that deer because, and the main thing would have been those uh, uh, tenderloin, the back straps. You know, uh, that that's a lot of meat on each side of that backbone. Mm -hmm. and so I don't know if it was a if a Sasquatch did kill it. Seems like he left. He wasted a lot. Unless he but, came back after those kids left and got more. We don't know. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yes, because when Joe finally arrived on scene to investigate, like like I told you guys, and you can see from the pictures, the only yeah. thing that made was the hide and bones. Right. And you can see that they were pretty much devoured by maggots and insects. Nothing else right. that touched the, the carcass. So, Well, man, I'll tell you what. It really got me thinking. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So very interesting stories uh, coming out of the chat. Oh yeah. It says they shot a deer in 2012, gutted it by my tree stand, went back a week later, and something went through the guy, the guy pile, and stacked pieces of it up in about a 10 foot square. That's interesting. Hmm. And uh, Robin says it appears the tree might have been used for leverage. And that is very true. Uh, the the blood indicates going in different directions, um, you know. So that that's that's very true too. And I, that's what I was thinking as well is that maybe it was a deer uh, just trying to to pull. Again, a a, a a a bleeding paw is not going to profusely bleed like, um, you know, a neck wound or a head wound or a gut wound, but. But yeah, I I I would agree that in, I don't know if it was used as leverage or that was just a deer in a panic trying to get off that. So I don't know, Steve. It looks to me like the deer was already dead when it was put up there. So Bob uh, Lemley asks, uh, does a Bigfoot normally eat 
li the liver and heart. Well, there was a lot of reports coming out of the 90s and early 2000s of deer kills where the livers had been removed. Yeah. So, and a deer liver is the, you know, most richest uh, caloric content part of Pro the deer protein. we have. Yeah. A lot of protein. Yeah. Protein, iron, uh, you know, because that's where all the vitamins and minerals are processed. So, yeah. Um, a lot of calories. A lot of energy, too. Mm -hmm. So. Sorry, guys. I'm just getting back from the refrigerator here. <laughs> <laughs> as, long as, not, as long as we don't have any potty visits. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that, we just ask, that we just ask you to mute yourself. A diet <laughs> Don't wait to ask Eric a question. <laughs> um, oh, I want to, if I could get back to the earlier on the construction site, Eric. Yeah. Uh, if you, do you remember, I know it's been a long time, I know, but do you remember the the type of tree foliage that was around there? Were, were they like uh, pine trees or was it a hardwood tree, softwood trees? There was a, a mix. There were oak um, maple, and there were some deciduous pine that actually ran that that uh, one side of the construction area where I was hearing the the breathing, the asthmatic breathing, the guttural right. sounds. That right. there were pines right there at the, that edge, and then it got real thick the further back you went in. Um, across the road where they were hearing the whoops and the screams coming from, that was right. hard, hardwood. Um, okay. A lot of oak and, and maple trees down that way. Yeah. So Thank you. I had a point, and I completely lost it reading the uh, the, uh, the chart of what's going on. So, uh, as you saw, Ron said that liver's high in vitamin A. Um, uh, you know, and, and the other thing, too, is it possible, is it entirely possible that the Sasquatch didn't put the deer in there at all? Maybe it, it did get yeah. itself tied up in there and, and, and was panicking. But the fact is, something ripped it apart. But, but, yeah. but, but, something, but, but, something hit it with possibly the rock. Yeah, but Steve, remember now, on, on, the, on the picture of the deer laying down, you see his front leg stuck up in the tree, and it's bloody all up around where the leg has been broken and, and moving around. There is no trauma on the chest and neck of that deer. Yeah, you know, um, he would have been banging against that tree, you know. Uh, <clears throat> don't know. Uh, is it? I would it's, think, you know. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I mean, to say that the Bigfoot put it there is no, more of a stretch no. to say that yeah, no, Bigfoot no. may have eaten it. No, I yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Saying. Um, yeah. You know, it's entirely, I mean, let's think about it, you know. Uh, Sasquatch is an opportunist. I mean, how many times have we heard them not being afraid of gunfire? Right. And right. the reason why is gunfire to them a lot of times means the dinner bell is ringing. Yeah. So they can steal a kill. I mean, how many times have we heard stories of hunters going out for their kill and finding that it wasn't not only it wasn't dragged off, it was picked up and walked off. Right. So we got we got to keep that in mind too. So, um, yes, thank you, Cryptidville. We're going to get to that. Uh, something the Sasquatch says: My liver is high in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Eighty proof liver. <laughs> 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 if you ever cook his liver, you don't have to put wine in it. It's already, you know, marinated in alcohol previously for all you Hannibal Lecters out there. I, I ate his marinated. Liver with a nice I ate his liver with a nice candy. 
<laughs> so, um, so uh, question from Cryptidville. What are Eric's thoughts on the recent reports of Dogman in PA? And there was another question hmm. early, too, about the frequency of getting reports in Chestnut Ridge. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about the whole Dogman thing in PA because... Like I said, I've been studying this this phenomenon since 1980 when I first started reading the reports and the newspaper articles, and I have not come across any newspaper articles of people having encounters or reporting encounters of dogmen-like creatures. Doesn't mean they're not here or weren't weren't experienced, but I've not seen any reports, and that didn't really start happening until the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it's something that was just like a tulpa. Uh, it was. It was brought up into the, the state people are starting to see it now and all of a sudden everybody sees it right I, I mean historically i don't have and i haven't seen personally any information to support dogman being in pennsylvania up until the last couple of years and there's only a few researchers i'm aware of that have really looked into these reports and uh published them now i know there's a lot of researchers in pennsylvania since i started um especially in the last five or ten years of really become populated with researchers so i don't follow everyone's work but um from my personal experience um i haven't seen a lot of them um i know uh butch wakowski lon strickler uh, they they have a group that they've been reporting dogman encounters what they call the lichen loop in southeastern pennsylvania but that's really all i'm aware of okay yeah, I'm not really into the whole dogman thing either, Eric. I, I think it's probably bears. They're standing up on their hind legs, and people uh, have an impression, oh, you know, that's not a bear. It must be some sort of Bigfoot or dogman thing so, because of the, the ears, you know. <laughs> so I'm just reviewing the chat, and everybody is talking about <clears throat> how to eat a liver. Just add onions with fava beans. Onions and fava beans. Uh <laughs> And then David comes up with fava tacos with Snapple. <laughs> oh, make sure to wash it down with a healthy piece of Snapple. Um, Annan Patriot. Hello, Annan Patriot. Good to see you. Uh, glad to have you aboard. Has there ever been a report of a squatch with a weapon, like a stick or a spear or something? Hmm. I have not heard of anything like that. Um, in my readings and in my new I I have a vast library in my my coconut here um I have heard maybe using a rock or, or rocks to rock clack um it wouldn't be unheard of if they used not necessarily a spear but used a stick as a spear to like uh, because like ch- chimpanzees and, and we we have to Keep this real. Sasquatch is a primate because it looks like us, kind of. Um, Homo sapiens are primates. So, if you know, there's reports of the chimpanzees that go after the termite mounds by using sticks and running it down the termite mounds, the termites grab it, grab onto the wood, they pull them out, and then they have a stick. And not all chimpanzees do that, it's a cultural thing. So well, that's what defines basically culture. For those who don't know, it's the ability to learn uh, regional or area traits, like uh, you know, a group using the sticks to to get termites, where another group may use a rock to you know 
bash a fish over the head while it, before it eats it. Happens. So that's that's what culture is. So there is something called chimp culture, um, which means that there would probably have to be a Sasquatch culture. Because my guess, and this is my only hypothesis, uh, is that their DNA is probably closer to ours than a chimpanzee's. Just saying, because they're, they're upright walking, uh, the the human features that a lot of people say to that. So I, I don't think using a weapon is necessarily unheard of. Uh, we just don't see it because I, I think their weapons are very, you know, um, on the fly. Like, oh, let me grab that. Bang. Uh, we know they tree knock. So why, you know, we're, we suspect they tree knock. So why would it be unheard of for them to use a stick or something well, as a weapon? I, I don't know, dude. If, if, they, if I see one carrying a spear, that's it. I'm out. Oh, I'm spear not- not- <laughs> yeah. and, and, and when I mean spear, they may use a stick as a spear. But they may yeah. not craft it like we, you know, like a Native American would, where they're uh, sharpening it to a point. They're just using it as convenience. Well, now back here in these cobwebs, I remember reading the report uh, of somebody watching a Sasquatch digging in the sand with a stick for clams. But the bad thing about it is, and I may be wrong. I hope I am. I think it was Ivan Marks. Oh boy. Good. And uh, that wouldn't be very credible if it was him, but I believe that's who it was. Well, that would just be another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Speaking of Ivan Mark, <coughs> in my collection of uh, articles, I came across a rather interesting photograph that it's probably, I think it was included in the Legend of Bigfoot, Marx's film, that shows what looks to be someone in a very bad costume that's sitting on a rock cliff. And you guys have probably seen this from back yep. in the 70s. Peter Burns said it was a man in a bad costume. You know who actually put that photograph out there and, and put out the idea that they captured a Sasquatch hanging out on that cliff? Oh. <clears throat> no. Mr. Biscardi himself. Yep. Oh. There we go. Yep. I have several newspaper articles from that time when... Nope. He uh, he claimed he was flying in a low low altitude in an airplane and saw this this figure sitting on a, a rocky cliff, took yeah. pictures of it, and then it supposedly climbed down the cliff and disappeared. But uh, the, the costume is is pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's bad. Yeah. And in Patriot says it seems with suspected IQ, we believe they have would have realized the use of tools. Yes, the use of tools absolutely. The crafting of tools, not so much. You know, because you don't, uh, the chimpanzees use or, or use very rudimentary tools. Um, you know, they and, and even orangutans use tools as well. They ranks. Well, and again, these are all higher primates. Steve, when I had that sighting of the family group, and I went back to investigate it the next day, uh, there were holes in the ground everywhere, and but. It wasn't anything that a thumb couldn't do. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, There's another question from Twitter. Adrian. Adrian, welcome. Heard they use tree knocks when they hunt as a team to give their position to other members. Hmm. Well, I I don't necessarily know if they use it when they hunt. Uh, There is a hypothesis out there that they use it kind of like to geolocate one another without really giving their voice out or their, their identity out. So that's entirely possible. 
<clears throat> and it would be something that I would not put necessarily out outside their intelligence to do. So uh, as far as when they hunt in a team, I uh, who knows if they hunt in a team, um, you know, because, uh, you know, there, there's been very few reports of them necessarily hunting. <laughs> like Jordan Warner's comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Apes together strong. <laughs> I, I think Jordan read my mind because I had an yeah. image of Planet of the Apes when they were doing the hunting scene and they all had yeah. spears running after them. You know, but, I, but let's remember chimpanzees do at times hunt in groups. Again, it's cultural. Yeah. Cultural. Cultural. You know, it's cultural. So I, I nobody's really seen it. I've heard of some stories where maybe there was one or two uh you know, going after a deer or something, or I've heard reports of, of you know, usually it's the single one that's grabbing something. Or they're waiting around, and uh, one of the most interesting cases, Eric, and you—you you were around when this this was around. Uh, was the uh, remember the old siege at Honubi? Mm-hmm. That whole story. Yeah, that's a very interesting story, and that 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 was kind of backed up by the people that were sent down there. Yeah, uh, what they had seen, and uh, you know there was you know maybe three or four of them. I'm not quite sure the exact count. But they weren't being scared off by gunshots because the gunshots, nope. they ran, you know, they assumed that it was going to be feeding time because their deer lockers were being raided. They're, they're, they would go out after killing one and the deer would be gone. So then they began to see him around the house and there was walking, uh, you know, around the porch and there mm. was a shaking of the house. And, uh, you know, it became, you know, it became a battle to them. So, Cryptoville, hmm. anything, aside from whoop, howls and whoops, has Eric ever heard anything indicative of language with these creatures? No, I, I've not heard them speak um, any kind of discernible language. I've heard the grunts and the growls, um, the whoops and the screams, the, the long, drawn-out howls. Um, I have not heard them speaking or chatter. Um, I've heard uh, on a few occasions of what sounded like baby crying or possibly like a wounded rabbit almost, but it wasn't a wounded rabbit. It sounded more like a baby, but yeah. no, I, I've never heard any chat or anything like that. I, I know people that I've researched with who've told me they've heard the, uh, the chatter or the, the language back and forth, but I've never heard it. Rumble says, I do to believe they hunt in teams here. Multiple individuals one night going after deer and Honubi. And then again, uh, that all depends on their their family situation because we know uh, in primates there's the wandering males that, that are looking to either form their own troop or their own uh, thing. Um, you know, uh, <coughs> and the Patriot says no clans. I choose not to call them clans. Clans would be indicative of something, you know, like, you know, a family name or we are the clan... I weigh the clan, you know, McClellan or whatever. <coughs> That's more of a family thing. A clan is a family. Um, but as far as a troop, which is what the technical term they call gorillas and chimpanzees and orangs, the troop, um, yeah, one would think that they do have troops they live in um, or family groups or, you know, troops is probably better uh, because they're not all family. 
but they probably do live in troops. Uh, of course, uh, the males and females like to wander around uh, as well. I'm getting <clears throat> here. Don't mind it. <laughs> oh, geez. One wants to sit on my lap. The other one's smacking me in the head with his tail. <laughs> jeez. Uh, oh, man. They want to be on TV, too. Yeah, David, David Winter said Eric's cat mooned us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, your cat's only got one eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's brown. Oh, uh, man. Godzilla 2000, uh, welcome. Yeah. Uh, good to have you on. Asked, has Eric gone back to the construction site from 2011 and see if, it's, if there's still any activity there? Um, the actual construction site has a fence built around the perimeter of it now, so you can't actually get on it. You can park on the road, but there's really not much room to pull in and, and park because it's it's literally there's not nothing there. And I've gone up there a couple times at night and sat out there and I've not heard anything, any wood knocks or any screams, but I know other researchers that have gone up there and have had things happen. They've heard things. And on, interestingly enough, about a mile away on Mud Pike Road in 2016, there was a very close encounter sighting of two creatures that walked across the roadway in front of a vehicle and one where a vehicle actually bumped the creature with its its bumper and it leaned down and looked into the windshield at the, the occupants of the car. Um, so that was like a, a, within a mile of the, um, the construction site. So the, the and, and Ricky Cherby, as I mentioned, uh, I don't know if he's still in the chat room or not, but uh, he did some camping up there and he and I were up there um, this past fall. I think it was, we were up there in the fall and we both heard some distant howls or, or moans, if you want to call them that real high pitch, just a, a, a it, I can't even explain. It was like a type of noise we, we both heard in the distance, but yeah, there's still people having sightings up there and experiences and there's stuff that still goes on around that. We consider that a pretty active area up there. Question from Ron Bowles. Eric, have you ever heard like any somebody was talking from a distance but couldn't make out what was being said um no i actually i haven't um I, eric i think any man who's been married that's uh, heard well, that <laughs> hearing yeah um i've heard people talking in the woods where i i just assumed it was other people you know because it sounds like people but I, I can't say that it was a bigfoot um but i've never heard the the chatter like that Ron Moorhead, his, his uh, Sierra Sounds tapes. I haven't heard anything like that. Or Scott Carpenter had captured in uh, Tennessee that uh, was on Survivor. Man, I've never heard anything like that. But I've heard people, what it sounds like people have had a conversation, but I just thought they were people. Uh, we, boy, we got questions banging away here. Um, Tack, we're going to get to your questions in a second. I just want to... Uh, Sasquatch Ontario YouTube post of Sasquatch speaking for very few words. Hoax or not? Uh, I think it's a hoax. I uh, yeah, it's a hoax. Uh, especially a couple of years ago when he had a falling out with his partner. His partner actually posted a a, a, a Facebook post and some audio where he yeah. actually recreated yeah. uh, the Sasquatch talking, saying, "I am not real." <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So uh, yeah, I hope, never, even from the start, I was never impressed with it. No, it, it just it's just it's uh, you can always tell because you know when you have something like you do, Eric, you have all these pictures for documentation. That here you go, here it is. You know, um, you know they don't. <laughs> you get little like one picture that's useless. So that that's a big big tell when you get one picture and not of anything else. Big sign that there is something amiss. Um, So, Tack, first he asked, uh, before we get to this question here, he asked a while ago, when's the next Pennsylvania Pigfoot camping adventure? Um, Yes or no? No, there's not going to be one anytime soon. Um, I made that decision around Christmas time of this year, this past year. Um, We took a bath on the event. Losing yeah. uh, funding and my health hasn't gotten any better, yeah. and it, it's it's going to be really try, hard to try to pull something off again. So um, it's it's going to be put on hold. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's just going to be right. somewhere down the line, you know, in the future. It just won't happen in 2021. So sorry to disappoint everybody. I get emails every day asking if there's vendor spaces <laughs> and, or tickets available, and, and unfortunately, yeah. no, there's not going to be a 2021 <laughs> event. Um, but I'm sure. Sooner or later, one will come back around, and I'll make sure that everybody knows when. Yep. Well, we'll be we'll be blasting it here. Um. So, uh, anybody? Uh, I have no clue. Uh, level of activity in East Tennessee. I do not know. I don't know if anybody else has. I actually, um, I did some research in Eastern Tennessee, right by the North Carolina border. Um, gosh, was it three or four years ago? I was invited down for an event and my role in the event was to take a group of people up into the forest um, to do some research on a Bigfoot night hike. And we had some really wild activity that happened up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had rocks thrown at us. Um, we had sticks thrown at us and in the hollow down below the real thick hollow, we could hear something walking around and it was, it was screaming at us and whooping at us and shaking trees real violently. And every time we try to go towards it and to figure out what the sound was or shine flashlights down there, as soon as we did, the noise would stop and we'd back away and it would start all over again. So that went on almost all night. And I had a a gentleman with me who is a uh, Baltimore city police officer with me and he, he's interested in the subject and he had a sighting about 20 years ago, but he's kind of like, you got to show me the kind of person. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, by the end of the evening, he was, he was like, man, there's, there's something big, and something loud down in that hollow. I wish we could get down there and see it. And I told him, I said, every time we try to go down there, it quits making the noise. We mm. back away from it. It starts shaking the trees real violently. It's throwing rocks at us, screaming yeah. at us. Eventually, the people that were with me, we'd all just decided to just call it a night and, and go because every time we try to get close to get an answer, it would get real quiet and stop. We'd back away and it would start up again. Okay. Another opinion question. Jacob Photos? Mangy Bear. Meaning, although the Kinzu area is really a damn fertile ground area, though. Oh, it is. The Allegheny um, National Forest, the whole yeah. area up there is ripe with encounters and sightings, no doubt. Yeah, but unfortunately, those spot. Jacob Photos are just Mangy Bear. Yeah, to, to me, what, what, what killed it was that the, the color looked exactly like the same color of the bear. That's, you know, that was the best comparison you can, you can use to try to, okay, it doesn't look like a bear, but we've seen bear, you know, mangy or whatever, or 
but the 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 fur the fur it did have matched exactly the the bears taken earlier. So yeah, I might be wrong. I'm just you know speaking my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's my thought process on it too. Um, <coughs> I I would have really would have thought that had there been a uh, you know a big furry out there you know raiding the 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 picnic basket, mm. uh, it, there would have been some tracks or some other some evidence that you could yeah. tie into it. Yeah. Uh, but we got no tracks. We didn't even get bear tracks. <laughs> so to me, that's like oh, uh, you know I. Yeah. On that fact alone, you can't rule it out. But to me, you know, it's like one of those things that's going to be inconclusive, you know. Um, but anyway, I know Eric is not feeling all that great tonight. So, uh, but he has graciously allowed us to be on for this long. So if nobody has any other questions, we'll give Eric the rest of the night off. And you can uh, go back and take care of the cats because they're getting very needy it looks yeah, they're like. they're like they want to go to bed <laughs> they're like come on dad it's time to go to bed yeah. um, if i could talk about real quick this project i'm working on absolutely i think it's going to benefit the bigfoot community as well as as researchers in this particular area um being that we're under covid and being that i'm working from home and have a lot of time at home can't really go anywhere um, i just started to pick up a project that i'd started years ago and um as I mentioned, and you probably remember this from talking about my history of getting into this, I've been looking into the phenomenon since 1980. Um, I've been collecting, reading newspaper articles, magazine articles, books, documentaries, um, following the work of Stan Gordon very closely. And along the way, I, I was clipping and cutting out newspaper articles and putting them in binders so that I'd have that information for later dates. Well, um, just about a month or so ago, um, I was talking with some fellow researchers about a, a much larger scale project that will be coming down the pike closer towards fall. And I can't really announce what it is, but that you'll, you'll find out in a couple months. But the predecessor for this big project that's coming, I thought maybe I should start to work on this archiving of, of information I have. And I have about four or five binders that I started out with of newspaper articles from going back to the 60s all the way up to 2010. So I began to update it with... Um, current newspaper articles and things that I could find online, various sources, various uh, donors. And I now have probably close to about 10 binders going back to the 1800s all the way up through 2020 wow. of magazine and newspaper articles. Um, and this is only for Pennsylvania, where Pennsylvania newspapers have reported on the Sasquatch Bigfoot phenomenon. Not necessarily Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania, but around the country, but Pennsylvania newspapers reporting on the phenomenon. Right. And what I hope to do is take those newspaper articles that I found and I'm scanning them as well. So they'll be uploaded to a database eventually where everybody will have free access to those articles. And oh, let's count right. just, just for 1970 to 1980, I've got close to 1200 newspaper articles wow. reporting on the phenomenon of Bigfoot Man. all across the country. And that's just for one decade. Um, for 1980 um, through 89, I probably have close to that as well. So there's going to be thousands of historic articles from the 1800s all the way up through 2020 that are going to be released, hopefully by the end of this year, for everybody to read and use as research, historical data, whatever you need from it. So let me ask you one quick question. Have you seen a decrease in the number of articles like in any particular decade? Like... From the 70s to the 80s, the 80s to 90s, 90s to the 2000s, or is that something you haven't really compiled yet? 
Well, from just working the 70s and 80s, there's thousands of articles that I have compiled. The 90s saw a slowdown where probably the articles dropped to about maybe four or 500 articles. And the early 2000s, there was a real slowdown in articles as well. Um, getting into the 2010 through 2020, that seemed to increase. And the majority of the articles that I found aren't necessarily about Bigfoot reported activity or sightings. They're about TV shows like Finding Bigfoot. They're about documentary films that are going to be released. They're about Bigfoot pizza from Pizza Hut, Bigfoot the <laughs> monster truck. So there, there's a lot of information out there in regards to the, the cultural aspect of Bigfoot and yeah. how it's playing out as we progress into you know, the, right. the 2010 through 2020 decade. The yeah. older articles were solely based on Bigfoot sightings, Bigfoot activity, um, Bigfoot encounters. Uh, a lot of it here in Pennsylvania, of course, because of Pennsylvania-based right. newspaper articles, but there's also a lot from Washington State, from um, the Pacific Northwest, um, Falk, Arkansas, stuff like that. Um, so when I'm done with doing my search on just Bigfoot articles, I'm going to switch gears over to Sasquatch articles. And then I'll eventually start looking for Wildman articles to get back into the more earlier sightings and early encounters before 1958. So it's a, it's a huge project that I'm undertaking. Um, but hopefully once I'm done with it, it'll benefit a lot of people. And it will be made free for everybody to actually access and, and use as your... As oh, your, wow. And it's definitely kept your sanity. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something to do. If I can just show you just real quickly yeah. here. Let me let me grab one of the binders just to give you an idea of what we're talking about. So I'm setting down the computer. Hang on. I'll grab it for you and show you. And you're going to be amazed when you see this. You know, it, it, it's, uh, I know he's off air, but, it, you know, it, it, I kind of it suspected that but between the 70s and 80s. Wow, look at those binders. Oh, wow. Or the 1970s. Oh, my wow. goodness. And there's a good 500 plus, bind, 500 plus articles in each binder. So you wow. can imagine the work. And they're all getting scanned on my Canon scanner, and they'll be available online once I'm done. Nice. Beautiful. Very cool. So, uh, awesome, Eric. <laughs> and thank you for doing that. Well, if you yes, remember, sir. Scott McLean in the 1990s put together a book called Big Footprints, where he got historical articles and put them out there in a book form. Uh, I'm doing the, kind of the same thing, except it's only Pennsylvania-based newspaper articles, because to be perfectly honest, one of the sources I'm using, I, I typed in the database Bigfoot and then the date 1970, and I left out the state where you can actually, you know, zeroed on your search and there were like wow. fifty six thousand articles yeah wow. so that would take literally years to to try to, to print those and then scan them and all that so well I, yeah, I, I work for I, just I, pennsylvania i do realize and it, it that was the, the the turn i mean the reason why i asked that question was because you could you could see a turn in the media how they view sasquatch oh yeah like in the 70s and 80s they were very positive about it Mm -hmm. 90s they kind of started getting neutral about it and then by the 2000s they were like Pleh. you know and that's why i think we saw a decrease in, in some of the articles and of course shows like finding bigfoot and the and the the emergence of you know destination america or the travel channel going into that types of those types of formatted programs or even the history channel for some extent discovery yeah. Um, you know, kind of increased a little bit, and that's why you saw that increase. But I think the media has not been on our side for a long time, for the most part. But 
Yeah, and, and you, you can read that. And when you actually read the articles, you can see the fact-based articles came out of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, yeah. where they were reporting what people were seeing and experiencing. And now into the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, um, the 2010 to 20, those articles were more tongue-in-cheek written, yeah. more skeptical written, and, and more making fun of the subject in general than they were factually stating the the story or the, the encounters. Yeah. Yep. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We actually were at 10.52, so that's not unusual for us to kick off around this time anyway. <laughs> so, anyway... I was going to like try to get you out of here 15 minutes early and we've kind of blown that, but that's okay. But I, all right. I appreciate you coming on brother. It's good talking to you, man, especially yes. talking a couple of hours about Bigfoot. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm thanks for asking. It's my first time on Squatch DTV, but I've been a guest on the show many times before. Yeah. So it's always a pleasure talking to you guys and catching up and, and uh, yeah, keep your eyes on the horizon. I, I might've been quiet for the last couple of months, but we've got some really big news coming down the pike this fall the True. project I'm working on. So even though I'm not out in the field right now, uh, I'm still keeping busy doing Squatch research and, and and keeping things running. But I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when when the fall comes and we make a, a pretty big announcement. Yes, we will. Good deal. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thanks. Have a great night. You guys too. Take care. All right, brother. So, folks, uh, we've had a wonderful show tonight. Chris, any f final thoughts before we kick off here tonight? I just like to thank everybody for joining us. I sure appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate your support, folks. Amen. <laughs> we we want to thank everybody for making it in tonight and uh, checking us out and checking Eric Altman out. Uh, a great show. I mean, I love talking about about sightings a lot and stuff like this. This is you know it gets me excited. And I really wish my parks would kind of empty out a bit so I can go back to research. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, folks, uh, on behalf of me, Chris, and everybody, want to wish everybody a great, healthy week. Uh, you need anything, you know where to find us. We'll be here next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, Sunday night, with Cameron Young from Canada. And believe it or not, that guy's been at it for just about as long as I have, if not longer. And uh, has had some great relationships with a lot of researchers that you're going to know um, So uh, that are no longer here. So that's really cool. Um, so on behalf of me and Chris, have a good night, folks, and we will catch you all next week. Hey, folks. Folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.